I don't, did you, I don't know, like, there, she's out there. You're the Florida version of Sex in the City, JV. That's what I was smoking my cigar. <laughs> don't be an asshole today. That's JD. Hey. We're Katrina. I'm Katrina. And you are from LGBT Llama Books. Hi. This is. Hi. Uh, I'm so sorry. I I I I know you said you usually use Teams, and we just sprung Zoom on you. <laughs> uh, that's okay. That's all so right. More difficulties anyway, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> where Where are you at? You were here in the UK. I am in the UK. I'm in Liverpool. In Liverpool. Oh. Okay. I'm like South London, like way south. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Never been there yet. So what, uh, first of all, how are you doing? You all right? <laughs> yes, I'm good. I'm good. Um, so I did, I think it was me. I think I trolled you pretty hard on Instagram because I was so, <laughs> I was so uh, impressed with, with what you do. You, you make, um, LGBTQIA plus activity coloring books for everyone, like not just for kids, but grownups and everyone. And you sell them on Amazon. And it's, I just think that is so necessary in this day. Yeah. Like really, really great thinking. And they're so uh, cute. So tell us a little bit about Mm -hmm. What prompted you to do it, how you do it, and how you've made a little business out of it? Okay, so um, back in the 90s when I was younger, there was nothing about uh, even like um, a lesbian kiss on Brookside. I came from Page News. The only representation of being trans I could see was on things like um, Jenny Springer, which is really bad representation. So <laughs> being, being, being a young person who is like, uh, questioning their sexuality, the gender identity, and having no representation. Um, Section 28 being in full force. Um, I felt really alone and felt like almost like there was something wrong with me, but I didn't understand what was going on and couldn't see myself anywhere. So when yeah. I, um, through my career, I've become a youth worker. So I've done that for 18 years of being youth working. Um, my core role is I do detached youth work. So I walk around parks and open spaces and engage with young people out and about. Um, but I started an LGBT group um, nearly 10 years ago, now nine years ago, and for 13 to 19 year olds. And that went really well and it ended up growing and progressing. And we started a group for eight to 12 year olds and parents. Oh. Um, so that, I don't know if that's going to continue or not, but that's what's running at the moment through my, my main role. Mm -hmm. Through that, I noticed there was, there was a knowledge gap, um, between parents and, and the children. Yeah. Parents were really enjoying the group and I've, I've got like a, a group now with lot of, quite a few parents on it and the parents support each other through that group, which is really good because that peer support is, is just it's crucial. amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wow. Thank you for the word. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so through that, I, I've realised that I want to try and create something 
that parents and children can work on together. Uh So it gives the parents the language to speak to the child and obviously the child, the language speaks to the parents and a platform to work together around identity really in general uh, and diversity and belonging and all the things like that. So first off, I've started these uh, colouring books and it's a bit of a, it's more about representation of colouring books and being relatable to the young people. Um, It's got a bit of an educational slant, but I'm I'm moving more into, I've got some books ready to almost go, but I just some tweaking to do. Uh, And they're more the platform that's going to move forward and yeah, help young people and parents, hopefully in the home environment. It's a great, it's fantastic. That's awesome because that could be a, a conversation starter, like breaking the ice with kids who have maybe they're reading, they're uh, meeting with some uh, resistance from their parents. That could be such a great catalyst yeah. for them. You know, I think yeah. the more we see it on television, you know, now, you know, now it, it's the time when conversations. Do need to be had and I do think mm-hmm. that some parents really do lack the language because mm-hmm. it's not something they're familiar with it's not something that maybe they dealt with you know um back then you know when they were growing up and you know where do you find where do you find that help where do you find the necessary tools you know like this is something that could be used even in businesses when they have yeah diversity training and exclusivity training you know um i think that uh people do need a conversation starter but they also need the tools to have that conversation so So, i think it's a great niche that you've tapped into and it's very very necessary in these times because you you know everywhere you look movies television you know um you know, especially streaming services that don't have guidelines, you know, and don't have to stick to the uh, specifics of networks and even cable, you know, so it's, it's really, really important because um, I just think that it's, you know, um, it's getting ahead of families, you know, it's, it's, you know, that, and it's not a bad thing, you know, that it's out there and that it's happening, but it is getting ahead of families that, might need to have these talks, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's great. And do you do the artwork? I do at the moment. I've been using Canva and been using other things to help myself out. But that's the thing with me, the other books I want to release. I want to get more illustrators in and things like that to do do the artwork um, because I'm learning from scratch. So it's, it's, it's a steep learning curve. I've, yeah. In terms of the... I think my skill is, is I'm a youth worker and I'm, I know how to communicate with young people and a lot of the sessions and the things that I put into books are things that I tried and tested, things that I've delivered. Um, and you're right, I've spoken to shows a book to a social worker and they were like, we kind of did, we need this uh, to, you know, I've, I've delivered as part of my role in the council, I've delivered training and workshops in schools and assemblies and yeah. I think that it's about that wraparound support for the child because they can come to a group one, um, once a week and, you know, the group's like, I think it's like magic for the young people, the way they come out of the shells. But if yeah. they haven't got that support at home, even if the parent really right. wants to support them, but they haven't, I've spoke to parents who feel completely lost 
and they definitely yeah. want to support the child, but they're so unsure if they're doing the right or wrong thing. Right. And it's it is about listening to the child, isn't it? But having that platform where you can have them conversations, and it doesn't have to be. Yeah. Because I'm looking at with these ones, like the eight, maybe eight to twelve age range as well, because that's the time when they will sit down with parents and work on books together. Yeah. Um, it doesn't have to have all the jargon, and it's so speak all a different language, you know. But it does have to have an element of, um, I was going to say, like a space for them to be able to express themselves in different ways. It doesn't always have to use all the language for eight-year-olds. Right, yeah. Right. Ways. Yeah, like you don't want it to come across like clinical, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. It's, it needs and overwhelming to as well sometimes, because sometimes yeah. about young people have to have that self-discovery and that space and it's a journey for them. It is. So I think it's about just creating that, that safe space for the parents and child mm -hmm. to have the conversation. Right. Yeah, it's true. It's, uh, you know, it's, you think about it like you know um like kids nowadays yet you have your parents you know you you know who you assume that they're going to go to probably after they've talked to friends but <laughs> but you know um like that circle of support needs to be bigger than just your family you know like your mm -hmm. immediate family you know it has to kind of um kind of uh, the ripple effect you know mm -hmm. uncles yeah. cousins yeah, grandparents sure. all that stuff and they're the ones too that need to, um, to 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 be included. And I think that's the thing that struck me the most about your book was that it seems like um, it's a way for everyone, you know, to to kind of be involved. Like we, I think you know, like Jay, I'm sure you know about um, I am Jazz. Yes. Oh yeah. So Love we've had this show. show. I mean, this show is like going on 12 years now, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. in the states for for 12 years about this, um, you know, uh, trans, uh, transgender girl who happens to be in my name. In my, it was from I was going to say, I, I think they live in Coral Springs or yeah. Parkway. Yeah. So they live yeah. like right, kind of around the corner from my mom, yeah. but you know, they had like the cameras following them around and that journey, um, mm -hmm. has gone from, you know, this, uh, you know, very early on, I think, I think Jez was like 12 or 13, 14 when she started the show because now she's at Harvard and yeah oh yeah she was later. maybe younger yeah but um it's uh it was a real um a, awakening you know it was on TLC so it was on like a network you know yeah. television station and it was just I think um it piqued everybody's curiosity like in a way that was like wow this kid realized that she was trans when she was just a, a little, like, yeah, like, three. but like the ages you're talking about, six, yeah, seven, and, even younger, even yeah. younger, Denise, yeah, yeah. And the parents were so supportive, like, mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, brought the therapies and, um, you know, um, speaking events and, you know, things like that to, to make her feel so supported and to see her thriving you know in such a way and making her journey so public you know there's yeah not many of that kind of that's there's not much out there that compares to someone sharing their entire journey yeah. their transition their operation their whole transition their school life their personal life their dating life you know you, you just don't get to see that and you know with and that's, that's just like strictly like, you know, for the trans community, but there's, 
there's so many different parts of our entire community now. You know, there's yeah. non-binary, there's queers, there's lesbians, there's gays, there's poly couples, there's, I mean, it's in, it's incredible. Mm -hmm. um, and every single person like needs that support. You know, they're not getting it from their government, you know, and, and I'm telling you, these are the ones, these young ones that are gonna have the loudest voices in the future, you know, that are gonna make the change. Sure that's necessary. So these are the tools, you're giving them the tools to, to be that change, you know, that countries and governments need. It's very, it's very, very special, you know, no other way to put I, it, special. I like that you have the different ages too, like you have the adult yeah. one and then you have the one for the younger kids. Like, where did you get the idea for this concept uh, initially to, to put this out there? Was this uh, is it something that you struggled with, with telling your parents? Yeah, well, I didn't come out till I was 28, <laughs> but I knew when I was definitely, looking, yeah, looking Older. back, yeah, I, I knew when I was around nine, but I definitely knew when I was 12, because I actually tried to come out and quickly went back in the closet, so, yeah. um, and I, I wish I would have been able to come out sooner, I, mean, I think my mum would have been fine, but it's just having that like I say, there was no representation. There was not an out there for me to to, to hold on to, if you know what I mean. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. So, so yeah, I suppose for me, when I'm working with these young people, and I had a young person say to me a good while back, like, you know, I just when I said, what do you want from this, this intervention? He said, I just want to accept myself. And I found that really so sad, isn't it? That, and that's where it all begins. It all begins with that child accepting themselves before they can even right. speak out and 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 the fact that we're still using the terms accept ourselves when we saw before you were saying about all them different uh, labels and stuff and they're great because it gives people a place where they feel they fit and belong but yeah. i don't in society now we shouldn't need to come out we shouldn't need all the, we should just be shouldn't we and i think creating yeah, that, yeah creating a space where it, it's not about necessarily the label all the time. It's about them just being themselves, isn't it? If you know what I mean. Yeah. What, being comfortable. Being comfortable. Yeah. In their right. Yeah. 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 Right. yeah. It feels. It feels like that's probably the hardest part because, like you said, there's not much out there that you know that that pulls them in that makes them feel like it's okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, and to feel different is just. Um, there's always something like a little bit negative about feeling different. Like, right, right. It takes a long time to be okay with the fact that you are different, you know, mm -hmm. find others, you know, that are, you know, like I always say, like you find your weirdos and that's your tribe. And that's, that's fantastic. Totally. It's not mm -hmm. like right. that thing. It's just, you understand that there's, you know, people out there that are different from you, you know, even though mm -hmm. you're, they're different too. And you're like, boom, that's our connection. And right, it, right. You know, it's rare. It's rare to find that in, in this day and age. Like when I think about like what my high school years were like, you know, mm -hmm. it was about fitting in. It wasn't about standing out ever, you know, right. like you got the <laughs> jeans that everybody else was wearing. You got the the trainers that everybody else had, you know, you took the classes that everybody else was taking and, you know, it was, um, yeah, it was all about fitting in. And if you feel the least bit different, it throws everything off. And all of a sudden, yeah. you know, you're stuck with your own feelings about it and there's no one to talk to. And 
So this is um, just a, a fantastic thing. And the fact that it's, it, it and they're available on Amazon, right? Correct they me. are available on Amazon. Uh, there's five books available on Amazon and there are three of them that are available on Etsy as well on digital oh, downloads. fantastic, yeah. So, so um, yeah, look at that. It's like right at your fingertips. You just order yeah, that's awesome. Like that's, in this day yeah. and age, like, isn't that how everybody does everything? Like just from their phone. <laughs> yes. It's, yes. You know, it's a simple, easy uh, tool, you know, um, but it's, uh, it's like I said before, it's very, it's necessary, um, you know, and I think, you know, parents are, are trying their hardest to be progressive, you know, nowadays, but you got other ones, like, I don't know, like, this yeah, is just yeah. my experience. Like I, I worked in the, in a pub for a couple of years and, um, you know, there's just some parents that just like drag their kid to a pub, give them a bag of crisps and a, and a, you know, an apple, uh, apple tizer or right. things like that. <laughs> and they just, you know, just sit them there with a phone, you know, and they're just sitting mm -hmm. on the phone doing right. oh, yeah. Minecraft and Fortnite and shit like that. Right. And, you know, it's just, you just wonder what their relationship, you know, like, is that a comfortable relationship? Yeah. yeah. You know, like. That's so true. Yeah. It's you, just, they're in their own little worlds and no one speaks to each other at the table. Yeah. yeah it's like, why? yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, uh, you know, just being a youth worker alone has got to be amazing. I can't fathom what you see, you know, and, yeah. and what's out there. You know, I'm not a parent. I'm, <laughs> you know, I just, I don't, I don't know. And I think I look back at my own childhood and think about like how lucky you know, I was like, I had a close knit family. Everybody lived on the same street, you know, doors were left wide open, your cousins, <laughs> friends, all that, blah, blah, blah. And it's just not like that today. And I just think like, no. you know, what parents go through today is just um, like brutal. It's, 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 it's so difficult. And they're, you know, especially in this economy, working extra hours, extra shifts, you know, trying to be able to support your family, not having the time for these conversations, you know, can always, yeah um you know make it even more of a struggle for a child it's it's ridiculous so to have that conversation starter um is just a a, a, a great great thing that you're doing it's it's fantastic definitely i, I think locally i'm gonna uh, because as because i said before i'm a detached youth worker so a lot of what i'd like to do in terms of the lgbt offer I can't do as part of my core role. So I'm hoping, well, I'm, I'm working on at the moment, getting into local organizations and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. So do them kinds yeah. of workshops. I want to try, I want to try and grow the parent group and get other parents on board. And even I was speaking to them about maybe creating leaflets and things like that. So parents are another parent, you yeah. know, how, how to start right. creating artwork we can put in galleries around, around oh. how, how to support your trans child and, you know, stuff yep. like that. So I'm thinking of other things that's more locally. Um, yeah. yeah I'm thinking of other ways of supporting the, like the community and yeah, it, 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 it needs to come from different angles, doesn't it? And I think creating them peer support groups is really important as well. Yeah. Um, because like I said, it's like magic, the, the LGBT group that I do through work for the young people. We have young people who come who don't speak anywhere else and they come to group and they talk and we, you know, we have uh, with the junior group, some of their coming out stories and speaking about how now they feel like they're themselves and they feel like, you know, uh, it's just a beautiful experience to, to be in that place. Yeah. And that's what I want to yeah. try and create, 
try and spread it out further than yeah. just yeah <laughs> yeah you know that's the thing is like but but things like this like they do they start locally you know and they right and they off from there and that's the best part is to be like the heart of your community uh doing something that special you know um because you you it, it is a word of mouth thing you know like when right, stuff right. like this goes well you know there's other chapters in other communities you know the word will will get to them and it and it will grow like i think about what um jay what our what our friend donna does and she works for um a grant based organization that links 250 lgbtq centers uh, community centers mm -hmm. across the globe and yeah. uh, you know like that's incredible like i think about that and it's it's um it's something that's like it's needed over here too yeah so, you know, for groups like your own to find another group that might be in manchester another one that might be in croydon another one that might be in wales you know where like even if it's an online thing where people can share you know uh their their, their as a group, you know, your experiences and if it's just the, the youth leaders or, you know, the youth workers getting together to see how to grow this, you know, by, by one idea, by just making these books, right? you know, um, a, yeah. already got like a foot in the door to, to grow that. And it's, um, you know, it's people like, like yourself, that's going to make a difference in, in children's lives right now that are, you know, that got stuff coming at them from every angle, you know, and their sexuality is just part of that, but it's big. Yeah, that's have, huge. Yeah. Have you tried uh, to see if they could, if they would put that in the schools? Because I know with that girl Jazz, she has a book that she wrote when she was younger, as a child, she wrote the book and they're banning it from certain uh, schools and it was banned from all the schools but of course we're in Florida so we have our laws are kind of antiquated right now but I yeah. think that's, yeah. yeah that's one of the things I think that that happened but they were just talking about that on the show but have you do you think you if that's a possibility for you yeah I mean I'm looking at schools in the future and I wouldn't mind doing the books for them I'm going to maybe do some bespoke sessions I can maybe in the future, mm -hmm. like licensing material, so they've got it online and things like yeah, that. Yeah. That's, oh, moving, yeah. that's moving into the future. But I'm definitely, I think, like I said before, it is about them, them three different elements. Really, it is about like the social space for the for the young person. It's about the the education space and the home space, isn't it? And it's about combining them different things to make sure there's that consistency offer for the young persons, that yeah. consistency of, of understanding really that's what it comes down to because yeah when I speak to other professionals and I'm talking to them and I'm just like it's just listen to the young person I think people can get really scared of saying the wrong things and then say nothing but I say by saying In nothing you're not acknowledging that young person who that young person is that's even worse it's yeah ask, ask the questions they'll yeah. they'll yeah. actually like that because they'll, they'll feel seen <laughs> they are seen exactly right. yeah yeah and I think you know um a lot of it and not to use this as an example because there's there's probably a weird connotation there but like if um an alcoholic is going to aa it's pretty good chances that their family is going to al-anon because mm -hmm. they need support and mm -hmm. parents i think don't have you know um a group of their own to go and say you know uh 
my kid came to me and said that they're non-binary and I don't know what that means. Right. Or, right. You know, my kid, you know, uh, I, I, my kid said that, you know, he has feelings for another boy and I don't know what to do with that. Like they don't have, you know, the, no. the, the where with it and, you know, the bandwidth to, uh, right. to know how to be supportive. I mean, all you can do is love yeah. that kid and tell them whatever you're going through and whatever you need, you know, I'm here for you. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to judge you. And I'm not, you know, I'm not going to be upset with you. And, you know, for a parent to say that, uh, whether they believe it or not, you know, um, it's got to be said, it's got to be said to that, to that child. And I think parents struggle with that. And I think that, you know, they need that help too. So, you know, the fact that this is kind of like all inclusive, you know, family work. Like I said, imagine this in the workplace. It would be yeah. right. You know, yeah. Like some dad that's clocking out at lunchtime sees a pamphlet and goes, "Oh yeah, I wonder if my kid's going through anything. I should have a conversation." You know, yeah. Like it's it. It would be incredible. I think I think you're on to something that that could lead to really big and great things. You know, and it's completely you need more people like you. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> no, I hope I hope it does. I I hope something comes of it because, like I said, it, I think it, I think you're completely right. It, it is. It's really important for the child to have yeah that support at home and everywhere else. Yeah, it it, it really is. You know, I I I can't like I said I can't imagine you know what it would be like. Um, you know uh, how scary it is too for parents. You know, yeah, it's Worry about every. I just saw that that. Um, vigil for that Brianna yeah like geez that was heartbreaking a trans a trans girl got murdered uh, yeah up north it's just you know you read about it and you see it and, and you know you think about that like if you're if your kid comes to you and you know and and expresses them like I'm you know I'm having these feelings blah blah, blah. I think one of the first things that's come to a parent's mind is like fear they're all of a sudden going to be so fearful for that child and, and fear in a, in a different way. You know, I'm sure as a parent, you're always worried about your kid always, you know, yeah, right. right. Eating dirt, you know, and getting murdered are two different things. So I think that that all of a sudden having a different level of, of fear um, has got, you know, there's got to be a way for them to talk their, talk their feelings through on something like that, you know? Yeah. yeah, I think I think parents definitely definitely have that fear. I think um, that's a huge one for them. And I think having the space to speak to other parents who've had similar experiences is is so important for them to feel reassured and put strategies in place and make that child. Because I think sometimes young people can go out. I've had parents say they're going out and they've been trans on themselves and stuff like that. Or but that's sometimes because they don't feel heard by the parent to trying to get they want this is me uh, listen to me right that's mm-hmm. me and absolutely yeah. Are, yeah the parents use that as them putting themselves in danger but it's about the parents understanding how they could make a difference with that just by saying what you said before i'm here i, I accept you right yep. yeah yeah yeah. Um, yeah it's a lot it's a lot of levels of uh support and and understanding that have to be put in place and you know, like the, like what you're doing, are, it's like a starter kit, you know. Right. You know, and and that's the best part is that like you know you can by having just that opening conversation, 
you know, and um, asking the right questions and talking about the right things will lead a parent to explore more and do their own research. Will lead a yeah. child to do their yeah. own research. Given, you know? given the space, I mean, in the in the book that hasn't come out yet, there's things like where the child can look at like an avatar with themselves. So it's given the, you know, and also looking at your future self. What do you who who, who where are you going to be in the future? What house will you live in? What kind of clothes will you wear? What job will you have? And it, it gives the parent a real insight into where that child's at because that child may not be dressing in the clothes that they want to dress in or presenting how they want to present. Right. But it, right. it gives the child a space to explore that with the parent in a, in a safe in a safe place. Yeah. And yeah, so the parents can get an understanding of the child, and then the child can feel understood, and it develops that, doesn't it? To having conversations really. Yeah, and have a have a bond because I think, yeah. you know, when you can't, when you don't have a person, you know, and I say this because you know, um, you know, some kids don't have that relationship with their parent, but they might have it with a person, yeah. with a user, <laughs> with, you know, with a friend, with a friend's parent, you know, um, you know, as long as they keep talking I guess is the important thing as long as they have a place where they can talk like you like you said you know some some will talk and some won't you know yeah and it, that's you know that's probably the hardest thing is um you know a, a kid not having a sounding board not feeling heard you know not having having someone to go to to you know to be able to share stuff with it's yeah not gonna throw it in their face or you know give them you know yeah. I don't know what that word is. Like, you know, like be condescending about it or whatever. They really do need to feel heard. And that's and uh, you know what I huge. What I like about it is that you, it gives a kid a chance to uh, to speak their truth so much earlier, earlier. than they yeah. might have because this is a tool that they can do at, that they can use at such a younger age than like like all of us, you know, yeah. like I know they were way yeah. different times. Yeah, yeah, no. My but, time, but, but you know, it gives, that's a tool that a, a child could use so oh. much later. Sorry, my battery. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so much later, so much earlier yeah. than it, anyone else could, you, it's, a, it's a great way to do it. You know, yeah. how else would they get that conversation started? And the so, fact that you're making it fun. You know, it's, right, a, right. it's a coloring book, you know, I mean, it's, it's, that's the cool thing is that it's, um, you know, you, you've uh, taken something that could uh, feel awkward, you know, and yeah. made it, made it, you know, uh, interesting and fun. And that's, you know, that's part of the, the, um, the thing that pulled me in when I saw it, I was like, what, I mean, what kid doesn't like to, you know, especially at that younger age that, that doesn't. Yeah love an activity book man I still look at the highlights in the doctor's office <laughs> yeah like that's uh you know that was just ingenious and I, I think um I think you know and it, you know the great part about it too is like you were saying that you that you're look you know looking to have better il uh, illustrators you know it, it seems like that LGBTQ people are are so creative Totally. You know, we're like the creative ones. I'm not saying that we're not accountants and dentists and doctors and stuff like that, but we have like a creative side, you know, like, like no one's business. So I would imagine <laughs> that if you put a call out there, you will get like a great, 
um, LGBT uh, illustrator, graphic artist. I mean, there's so many. I I was lucky. I took a chance um, where I'm, I work on this cartoon project that's like separate from this. And um, my director said, this is all great stuff, but I don't create the characters. We need an artist that, you know, makes the characters. So she used this, you know, worldwide blanket site, Fiverr. Everybody knows it, you know. Mm-hmm. And you go on there and you find somebody and it's kind of all done like a little bit anonymously. Like there's no real background. You just see a person's work and if you like it, you approach them. They give you a price if you like it, they do the work. It turned out this guy, so my director's in California. I'm here in South London and she finds this uh this guy and we love him he sends us you know some stuff we look at his work we're like yeah 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 like let's do it so we pay him and she puts him in contact with me because he needs my pictures to do the cartoon and we're talking and i'm sending him pictures and we're chatting away on messenger and i was like by the way steve where are you from he's like the uk and i'm like no shit like where (laughs) he goes calls then he's like 15 minutes from my front door <laughs> and he's gay and he lives with his boyfriend. I meant to be. Talk about yes. serendipity, right? Yes. <laughs> but that's what I mean. Like, and he was, he's like, he does like superheroes and all kinds of stuff. I'm going to put you in touch with them. Like maybe, yeah, yeah maybe I'm doing stuff like that because um, like, that's another thing, Jay. Uh, remember when we had the girl that does the queer comic books? Yes, I was thinking about that with this. It's yeah. amazing. Totally. Like superheroes and stuff like are all all different. LGBTQ, like all different kinds of superheroes now. Like like kids can look at a gay superhero and have, <laughs> you know, right? like, oh my God, that's my jam. Like, you know, like this is fantastic. And it's so supportive. Like it's just, it's ripple, ripple effect. Like you have a, mm-hmm. you know, a gay illustrator, a gay cartoonist or whatever, that's making gay comic books for gay kids. Yeah, yeah, know, like yeah. Boom, boom, you know, like everybody supports everybody else, and it just seems like it's, it's, uh, it's, it's happening whether people want to accept it or not. It's <laughs> right, absolutely. Like it really, really is. Well, listen, I don't want to uh, to keep you. I know you probably got a busy day. It's a work day tomorrow, <laughs> so I'm gonna let you go. But I, I want to thank you so much for. Um, yeah it's been fantastic pleasure meeting you thank you meeting you too thank you amazing thanks so much have a good (laughs) wasn't she fantastic yeah she was great what a great find wow and i gotta tell you um i know that you weren't on the show that i spoke to um Joe Galliano from the Queer Britain Museum. Yeah, the, yeah. The chat like they had done their final push. This was like, I think last year, maybe a little longer, but they were doing their final push uh, mm-hmm. for raising and all that. And then they found a space. They opened the museum. It's yeah. Doing incredible. So yesterday my wife comes home and she says, guess what? At my work, they're let as a part of LGBT uh, History Month. They have gotten passes for everyone to go to Queer Britain, the museum tomorrow. Oh, how cool! So That's she so cool. went tonight, and she got 
bought me a little magnet. Uh, and she said, amazing. Yeah. She said, it's doing really well. It's fantastic. It's chock full of stuff. It's got, you know, great pieces of queer history in there and modern stuff. And so I was like, oh my God, like you got to go before me. And I interviewed the guy and you got to go before me, but um, (laughs) yeah. You're ahead of your time. You see, you're ahead (laughs) of the curve. But how cool that it's that they, you know, this workplace that employs so many people and they just invited them all down for LGBT history month. It's that's awesome. Yeah. It's, but it's, it's great. And they could have, they, you know, like it's, it, like that was a really cool idea. Like that's what people need to do. Oh yeah. Go into straight places and flood them with queer shit. Right. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Flood the shit out of them. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's fantastic. So yeah, that was huge. I was super, super um, impressed with her. I didn't know if she would go because she was going out to dinner after, but nope, she did. So yeah. <laughs> Very nice. Very cute. And my, uh, I, I had a conversation with Kathy Caton from Brighton Gin last week. And that was really good. I can't wait to get that show up because uh, she's fantastic. I mean, she this little boutique distillery that she started because she likes gin. Mm-hmm. And she was trying to make it on her own, you know, wow. learn the process and everything and dabbled or whatnot. But here it is um, 10 years later and this little boutique distillery that they run out of a single car garage um, is going out locally across England, but to 16 different countries now. That is awesome. I can't wait to watch that show. I was so bummed I couldn't be on yeah, and meet yeah, her. Love her. Yeah. I'll try yeah. to, I'll work on that tonight and get that up. Get yeah, that to you. So you can, we'll put that up. Yeah. That, what a great story. Yeah. Because it's a lot of courage in just in general to do that kind of a project, to do that kind of a business, just make the on-taking. Yeah, to make that. It. You know, if, if you stop and think about Oh, you need probably some kind of insurance, probably some kind of something, you know, people, so they can't say they got sick drinking your product. You know what I mean? Like when you have to go through all the licensing and all the things you need to do that. Yeah, the behind the scenes, right. The behind the scenes. Just to get it going. And then the LGBTQ part of it, it's really takes a lot of courage and, and perseverance for something like that. It's amazing. And the fact that she employs all LGBTQ people. Is even that's more awesome, and yeah. they still approach it the way they did when they were tiny, you know, like you know they handpick the fruit, they use organic, local, you know, fruit, you know, stuff from from local farms and everything. They do um, wax tops still by hand, oh, everything. Cool. Cool, you know, yeah. it's, it's crazy. And then she she's really embodied Brighton you know, the area of Brighton, which is eclectic and cool and very like much like Wilton Manors. Yeah, yeah. Like accepting queer rainbow flags everywhere, you know, uh, fun bars, fun restaurants, the beach right there. It's just, it's it's a really cool thing to uh, to say that you've incorporated your city kind of, you know what I mean? And, yeah, yeah like, When I met her, you know, back like, 10, 11 years, 11 years ago, I think it was, she was doing radio. She was doing, you know, Brighton, a Brighton radio show. And she was one of the first people to reach out and say, yeah, come be a guest on my show. 
And yeah. I would only, I had only been here like a little while and it was just like, wow. I was telling her, I was like, I walked away from that thinking, wow, if everybody here is this cool and this is, <laughs> is going to be a great experience. She goes, and, and I'm like, yeah, 70, 75. <laughs> but you know, it, it was so great to, to catch up with her. And of course, the next time we go to Brighton, we're just going to, uh, you know, meet up, text and meet up and yeah yeah that's great fantastic they do tours they do gifts they got merchandise wow yeah i love that story i just love that because like i said it's just the on taking is daunting and a lot of people would just say forget it and walk away from it you have to really be committed and follow your passion and obviously that's hers and it's the success and is not overnight because you said it started she started 10 years ago and that's what I think was nice about it was that it was just this organic growth like I watched this process you know on social media for her yes I remember her like riding a bike to drop off deliveries to places wow and during the pandemic turn on a dime and start making hand sanitizer for yeah I remember uh, yeah right I remember that we were doing that and that was explosive like she said like they were you know like shipping out uh sanitizer and delivering it to NHS nurses and and different hospitals and stuff like that that were running low on on supplies that was amazing I I kind of like quickly and never never profited from it Oh, you know, like that was, that's, that's I happened. remember like I, we were stressed about finding it. We couldn't find it. Yeah. Here so too. I remembered and I ordered a bunch from her and all you paid was shipping. So that, oh, wow. that they took for the shipping, part of it went towards shipping and part of it went towards another two bottles. So they were always oh, able to nice. keep, going, you know? So yeah, it was just phenomenal. It was a great, great chat. I think everybody will be really you know, I and I know she's got like a million people, you know, that know her. So I'll be, I would be really happy. Really <laughs> I happy did a sneak, in. a sneak preview. I kind of just like looked at, you know, just like, you know, went through it just kind of quickly. And I saw that part of it, but I can't wait to really like watch it. Yeah. And edit, so. Yeah. It's great. And I think she said her mom's part of the team too. Like she employs that's like so seven, cool. seven people, I think, but yeah. I like like, that. That's what one of the things she said was like, and I employ people. Like, I can't believe I employ people. Like I own a business, yeah. I employ people. And I think if you, if you have this nice cushy career where mm-hmm. you're doing, I mean, who doesn't love being in radio, you know, but to just be out for a jog and have it hit you, like, you know what? I can do that. I can do, yeah. that. I can do this. Yeah. And, and follow through. Like that's the, isn't that yeah. the part following through? That's the so, part. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, you get sick of the of the, the the business part. Like I know, for me, I think, I guess it's I guess it's like a double edged sword. So like for me, like when we did the lesbian lounge, we made this commitment that we would never charge for anything, you know. Mm-hmm. So we didn't care about the business side. We didn't aggressively right. pursue advertisers and and. Uh, you know, trying to get money from people and stuff. Like we forked out money for our own travel to do live. Yeah, yeah. We forked out money every year for the website, for the broadcasting stuff, all that. You know, that yeah. coming out of our pocket because we loved what yeah. we were doing. Right, right. We didn't want to get bogged down in the slog of creating a business. We always, right, right. We always wanted it to feel like a girl's night, you know? Mm-hmm. I did. I like that with my music. Sometimes yeah. to a fault. 
you know, sometimes I'm like, I should look at it more of a business. I don't do that enough. But, you know, the truth is, is with the, with the, with music and mostly anything entertainment, you're either making a lot of money or there's like nothing. It's like, there's very little in between exactly. world with that. So unless you become exactly. like a wedding, a wedding singer or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You get, yeah, exactly. But I think, yeah, that's the hard part is, um, is, is, especially when you're doing it on your own, like we always, oh yeah, oh God, yeah, the writing of a song, the production of the song, the performing of a song, the recording of a song, the promotion of a song that, you know, it's like, oh my God, you're booking yourself and yeah, I mean, that's, I wear all the hats and it's, it's a lot, it's a lot, so yeah, yeah. I get it, like I totally get it and I feel like you know, the success that we had was in the mission. Mm-hmm. You know, the mission was to promote, you know, uh, lesbian projects, lesbian driven projects, you know, and products and businesses and bars and people. And that was the mission. And, and I think that's where our success came from because it certainly, oh, yeah. certainly wasn't financial. <laughs> that was uh, definitely though. You guys were like icons. You were, you were like, you were the, o- you're the OGs of all of this and, and the and mission accomplished because look all these years later, now you're a cartoon. That's like yeah. so cool. That's the coolest. Yeah. You got to milk it to death. <laughs> The whole thing is not giving up. Even like with our with our Rainbow Remix, we have what, 112, 113 shows. This will be 113. That's amazing. It's like we we're still we're doing it. We're not giving up because yeah, eventually because it is, now we're being played in South Africa, and it's it's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> that that still blows my mind. Like, I mean, I know that people will find us, you know, like on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Spotify, on Apple, on, you know, Podbean, on on whatever platform they use for podcasts. I know that we're findable that way. But to think that it's being broadcast in Africa (laughs) on one of their only gay radio stations. I love it. Like that is is mind blowing. And sometimes I'll look at our statistics and I, I know our biggest our biggest, you know, uh, downloads and streams and whatnot come from United States, but also a lot in Canada, you know, like, huh, (laughs) they're finding us there. Like I, (laughs) it's a hashtag. Ever. Just, just in case we thought they weren't listening in South Africa, he caught that glitch where we had the problem where we only had like 30 seconds of audio that yeah. caught it. So they're yeah. listening. Yeah, they are they're, listening. they're listening and they're putting it out there. It's just, yeah, it's crazy to me because of course England has the least because I do no promotion. <laughs> no promotion. Again, that's businessy. <laughs> Business. I'll try to handle that side of it. Like I'll go to a pub now and I'll push Brighton Gin before yeah, right I, hey i have a podcast <laughs> because i think exactly it's easier to do it for other people i think three of the douchiest words in the english in, in the english language is i have a podcast <laughs> so, <laughs> so i can't bring myself to talk about it with people it's like a secret <laughs> it's like a secret that's funny 
that's funny. <laughs> but I did, see, I did see an article that 87% of the podcasts that were started in 2020 are now done. I saw that too. I yeah, saw that pandemic too. podcasters yeah. have gone back to work now and, you know, or have found jobs or can be back on their set or can, yep. you know, yep. right back exactly. on. So they're done. And now <laughs> uh, up to us, like little, yep. our little independent. We're still here. <laughs> still here. Little independent idiots are still doing it. Yes. <laughs> but, you know, the fact is, is that, and I did, I put a call out on Facebook. I, I think I, I mentioned it on Instagram too, that, you know, again, the mission is to shine a spotlight on these LGBTQIA plus projects because yeah, so many different realms that these things can be like, you know, books, movies, TV shows, exactly. um, you know, uh, anything, other podcasts. I mean, we're going to have the 80s TV ladies on there, another podcast. There's enough pie. There's enough podcast pie out there right. <laughs> to be able to yes. be someone yes. else's show, you know, like it, exactly. I feel exactly. like podcasters are so protective you know, of their, of their thing that they don't want to give kudos to another podcast show. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, if you've got a, a solid fan base, then, you know, share what you have, you know, right. and I agree. And I what you're learning. Agree. So yeah, I'm, uh, I'm all about getting, you know, people on there to talk about their passions, their projects, their mm-hmm. interests, you know, what, and, and, you know, like, seriously, I don't care if somebody tells me like, uh, hi, I'm queer and I pass the time by knitting. Come on the show. Yes. Let's talk about your right. cross stitch a little bit. Exactly. <laughs> we'll do it. We'll do it. Yeah. That's so, the point. Yes. We celebrate the queers. That's what this is all about. Totally, so, um, totally. Yeah. I'm going to go celebrate my wife now because she's finally home. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Did you do anything nice for Valentine's Day? Um, just dinner and home and, uh, and a dinner and a movie in because everyone goes out that night. I so know. it's so hard to get a res and then you're waiting online. It's not like going out to dinner. You never do. Right. So we right. had a movie and, and a nice dinner at home and, and we were going to take a walk on the beach, but we just never got there <laughs> too far away. Right. Well, How about be- you guys? <laughs> You yeah, we did the same. Day, right? I think we did the same thing. Did we watch a yeah. queer? What did we watch? Uh, when was it? Tuesday, right? It was Tuesday, yeah. Oh, I know. Okay, so we don't do like big, uh, dumb things, you know, like flowers. I know that about you guys. Right. Love so that. I had bought this little thing that was it was a pocket heart, Aww. and it was this big, and it's a little heart made out of wood. And it says like pocket full, of, pocket full of love. And uh uh Gemma had to go into London, had to go into the office. So I I gave it to her the night before and I said, because you gotta work, you know, in the office on Valentine's Day, we won't really get to see each other. So I'm gonna give you this to put in your pocket, and then you'll know that I'll be thinking about you all Valentine's Day. How sweet. <laughs> I love that. And I did make I dinner that. and I, I think uh yeah, I don't know what we watched, but yeah probably junior bake-off right now we're very much into the junior bake-off the kids baking baking stuff like on uh on the british great british bake-off these are like little kids 
So they're in we the actually watched jazz that night, actually, because she oh, yeah. that was on. So after the movie, yeah, I got Danny um like really nice white roses, which mm -hmm. I thought were different with a few red ones. And uh, and she got me a silver bracelet, a very nice, uh, easily claspy wow, nice silver bracelet. Like real gift. <laughs> I got her and I got her. Me this. <laughs> I got her uh, yeah, that what you gave it to necklace. <laughs> no. But that that had meaning. Yeah, that well the Gucci heart necklace has the little G and oh, her name, yeah. last name starts with G. So yeah, that's but, um that's cute. Yeah, she fits with all the designers, D and G. Those are her initials. Perfect. That's funny. Yeah, and I think um Tomorrow we're going. We're going out for lunch, taking out the, the new car for a ride. Oh um, wow! Yeah, we're I love that you guys do stuff like that. You know, not like, often. It's not often, <laughs> but you know, when we when we do it, it's uh, got meaning because we don't do it often. So, <laughs> so yeah. Is she enjoying the car? Is Gemma enjoying her car? Well, she's only really had. We've only used it like twice since we got it because Aww. she walks to work normally, and if she has to go into the office, she takes the the train and the tube. So. Oh okay. Does she so, drive to the train? No, it's only five. 50 oh. steps away. The station is only like 50 steps away. It's like if her, train, her train leaves at like 8.03, she leaves the house at like two minutes to eight. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, wow. You close. live in a great spot. I have got to come visit. I've got my passport. <laughs> I'm ready to do it. I have to just make a couple of move a couple of things around on the schedule and I'll let you know when I'm heading. Yeah. I, you know, and I always tell people this when they say, oh my God, I can't wait to visit. Like Let's keep the expectations low. <laughs> I don't go into London and I don't do the tour. You know, I uh, I will probably, I, would, I will do one thing, you know, otherwise it's local. Like I'll take you to a great cafe. <laughs> you know, I'll, you know we'll, we'll take you out to dinner at a, at a good pub down the street. But as far as like going to see Buckingham Palace and Westminster Abbey and Harrods and Fortnum and Mason, no. <laughs> you know what i'm not a big touristy person what i want to do is i want to get a gig there and play somewhere even if it's a little pub and then see the city but i don't necessarily have to see touristy things yeah. but i do want to see london and that big ferris wheel looking thing i want to I, yeah, the <laughs> yeah. I. Well, I have you know, been... the cool part is that like like i um i love I do love going into town because when you're in there and you're just walking around like, oh my God, I can't and still, you know, there's days where it happens and you guys can't believe this is London. But yeah, the yeah. best way to, for me is to like have Hazel who's not afraid to drive in London, whereas Gemma and I will not ever take, yeah. the, take the car past like, I don't even know, Balham, <laughs> you know, so it's 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 just not and i don't think that you get i mean maybe you get the experience of being on a train and a tube you know to get to these places it's ugh, uh -huh. but i love when hazel goes because she knows stuff that's like so random <laughs> you know like it's just like she'll be like that's the park where they have the holiday you know festivities or whatever and you're just like oh, i need to go to the park <laughs> yeah, i have no idea there was a park <laughs> so but yeah, it's fun, you know, and she'll whisk you by Buckingham Palace and she'll, she's not really afraid to, uh, to do that. And then like, 
I think the, the reason why people are driving less and less is because it's incredibly congested. You know, there's no yeah. anywhere. No, you never know whether you're going to find a spot or not. So you're Probably better like off. New York City. Yeah. New York City. yeah. Like you're, you are literally better off, I guess, taking a train in and taking taxi cabs everywhere you want to go and then right. train home right. or, you know, taking a car service or whatever. Cause I'm not big on public transport either. <laughs> fucking know what I'm I would be either but uh, my favorite show the split I wish they were making more of them but this three seasons that was it they travel that way they walk they they take um ubers they you know they take the train so and those trolleys they take the trolleys so oh yeah yeah, we have a couple of experience just walking around the city I've always liked to just do that when I traveled when I was doing my my army base tours and stuff. Yeah. I usually do the city. I like to just just walk around and see it myself. I hate the tours and stuff that yeah. you have other people. It is kind of fun, like though, if you really do want to hit the spots that you, you know, the London, yeah. Bay, the Eye, Westminster Abbey. Yeah, yeah. Know, then do a hop on, hop off, double decker red bus tour. It's like right, yeah, yeah, like that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, and that'll drop you right back off. I think at Victoria Station, and you take the train back. <laughs> No problem is that like everybody's on strike here, you know, like the trains or the rail workers are on strike. So, you know, so like Gemma will like get in okay, and then all of a sudden there's a whole bunch of cancellations, and she'll be like, Oh my god, I gotta take a taxi to you know, or take Uh a train somewhere else and take a taxi from there, you know, whatever. But your your journey is just so fucked like all the time now. And they'll do it for three days in a row. And not to mention the fact that teachers are on strike. Teachers are are supposed to be striking and NHS nurses are striking. Oh, wow. It's, it's brutal. It's brutal right now. And I do, I, I, obviously it's the economy. Like people want to get paid more, get treated better. Right. Right. Economy is in the crapper. So it's uh, (laughs) with inflation and all that. So it's, it's, I get it, but it doesn't make getting around easy at all. So Tomorrow we're taking the car and we're going to Box Hill and I think we're going to Smith and West Smith Aww. Smith and Western. Yeah, that's it. I call it Best Western because I get it wrong. Someone uh, <laughs> calls it Smith and Wesson because she's a badass. But it's actually uh, Smith and Western and it's like a country place. Like, you know. Wow. Well, you guys enjoy. <laughs> that sounds so cool. Yeah, it'll be fun. I'll look yeah. for the pictures. I will look for the photos. Try and take a couple of good ones for you guys. <laughs> okay. Well, it's been good catching up. I'm glad. Same. Sorry that yeah. you had to rush in. <laughs> oh, no problem. It got me home quicker than I probably would have, but it was great. I was so glad I got in on time. So it was cool. All right. Well, I'll let you go. I know you have more editing to do now. <laughs> uh, yes. Okay. See you next time. Bye. <laughs> Why do you always run back to the lover you once knew? You're addicted to a touch. Like never touching from your dreams. My addiction. And I confess my addiction is you. <laughs> we drank way too much whiskey.
And I 